Richard, Hi. can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. It's so nice to talk to you after not uh, seeing you for a while. I know. It's been a long time, right? Yeah. It's I, think gotta... I saw you a couple weeks ago, but. Uh, Maybe it's yeah. got to be a couple months at least. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. You was it down at Nip Tuck? What? Was it at the Nip Tuck? I think it was the Nip and Tuck. Yeah. 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 I've been meaning to get back there. Yeah. You've always been super sweet to me. That's the one thing that I've noticed, like, always been grateful for with you. Oh, thank just, you. Every time I see you, you're just so nice to me. You're also so nice to me as well, which I also appreciate. So thank you. Yeah, it's such a, like, underrated thing, I think. Like, just to be able to get along with people is great because it can be so tough just socially with comedians because we're all weird so it's like i feel it's important for professional reasons too like you especially too i feel like there's a lot of drama going on lately and i mean i guess that's how the comedy world always is but oh yeah unnecessary yeah it's always like something that i've dealt with because i came in pretty young i was 22 when i started doing stand-up so everyone around and i was used to being like the oldest because it's held back in kindergarten so it's used to being in my peer group like the oldest and then to come into like this new world where like I get along with everyone I feel like I found my people but it's like I'm several years younger than or a couple years younger than a few people it's like than most people it's an adjustment yeah because you have your stupid opinions at 22 and you know someone else is 27 and 28 and it's like you know you got to figure out how to coexist with people but it's it's pretty, you know, I try and keep pretty even pace with everyone and get along. It's hard to do sometimes, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But I think, like, to me, it's just always been very important. And, like, to me, it just was always cool to me. Like, if I had something going on or whatever, like, you would just message me and just be like, are you okay? Or you just be like, you home safe? It's like, just those little things that, like, means a lot. Oh, well, I'm glad. That is super wonderful, especially too. Yeah, like it's always nice to hear that if the things that you're doing are appreciated by people, it's definitely a wonderful feeling. Oh, yeah. I listened a little bit to your uh, podcast. It's pretty, I always feel so unoriginal with my podcast whenever I listen to other people. So I'm like, I don't really do, I do kind of the same thing, but it's like different. Like me, I don't like to get too personal with people like it come I just like it to come naturally I don't really try to force it because you know I just want people to have a good time and they usually do but it's like with you it's such a it's such an easy not easy but it's such an interesting uh thing to do like really fascinating to be like yeah we're vulnerable we're vulnerable let's talk about it (laughs) I'm obsessed with it personally because um like I comedy took me a long time to try and I'm still so uncomfortable doing it and writing jokes and I just am obsessed with the idea I'm like is it similar for other people so I really appreciate anybody who is willing to engage with me on the podcast you know because I want to find out like well what's it like for you and what will you talk about and what you know makes you uncomfortable and what won't you talk about because humor it's so it's such a weird thing you know it's like this very broad term but it has to be something that's specific and relevant 
which is the same way, you know, certain things trigger people and you wouldn't realize they trigger them, you know? Right. Yeah. To me, I'm always mindful of that, especially on the podcast, talking about a lot of things like I do with mental illness stuff. I know a lot of people who do. And it's like, to me, it's just, you know, I think a part of our generation, but also to me, like with comedians, I think, you know, it can be either thing. Like, I think it's both valid that we can both, you know, be vulnerable and be like honest on stage, but also there is a comfort in just doing this straight jokes thing and just, you know, and that's always fun too, to figure out like what people, it's always cool because it's like, it's like a behind the music thing. Like I've heard people say like with this podcast, like to me, I just wanted to, we spend so much time uh, like trying to make ourselves like look like promote ourselves. It's like, I looked around and I was like, there's all these people that need to be promoted too. Yeah. I think it's it's good to help, right? To promote everybody and just be positive. Um, Especially too, if we're all in the community together, you know, like everybody could win. Everybody, you know, we're all trying with this goal of just to make people laugh. You know, it's not like we're like, hey, let's go and some stuff up you know like we're like hey we're all trying to make people laugh like and it might not we might not come at it the same way but it's all the same goal right um so when did you start doing stand-up uh i started i took a class like a i don't know like oh my god it's maybe like 10 years ago almost not quite eight years and I did the graduation class, but I never did any open mics. <laughs> and then I took a second class, hoping that would give me courage to go to open mics. And it did not still give me the courage. So I finally started doing open mics consistently like four years ago. So I feel like I put, because you got to put the work in, you know, the class is oh, yeah. nice, but it's like hand holding, you know. Right. I've never taken one and I've always been like, you only took two. I've been judging people who take like a bunch of them to me. I just have like a thing of like, partly it's like, I think it can be good if you have like the right person. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people that just aren't, you know, great. And then they just like take people's money. But to me, like, I like the like comedy nerd thing of like, I like that. I am self-taught that I learned how to do, it as I got better it's like it's like cool it's like to be like I four years ago like it would take me you know two minutes to get the crowd behind me and now it takes me like 15 seconds to for them to like laugh it's like you know and then you learn how to do like different things and it's like you know it's yeah I always I always say like I didn't know how to write like an actual joke until I was two years in yeah like it's cool to be able to do that, to be like, look at where you came from. Yeah. It's a great process to like, look back and be reflective on. And like, you know, classes, like I totally get it. I feel like a lot of people are very divided in the comedy community against, you know, being a purist versus people who take the classes. And I know for me solely, I took the class solely as a a comfort. I wanted, you know, that pillow. Um, Because again, I just wasn't confident. Like the idea of, going and even again doing open mics the first year was not even for me about writing jokes it was just like okay i hope i don't pee my pants standing up here that was like my goal the right. first year of open mics so it's nice to reflect back on the journey yeah it's always 
it's always interesting to me to kind of look back at that time where I remember having stage fright before I was like a performer type. Like, you know, to me, I just think it's been, you know, I was sort of ready for, well, no one's ready for stand-up, but like I was ready for it with doing, like I sang in public and I did improv for a while. So it was like, I knew how to be on stage. It was just the like, okay, now it's all me. Like, you know, when I was singing, it's like I have my piano teacher that I can like guide me through. And, you know, I just have to remember lyrics and pacing. And then it's like, with improv, it's like, okay, I have like six other people who are amazing at this. And then with stand-up, it's like, oh, this is just me. And it's like, especially starting at that young age, it's like, now you really got to express yourself and it's oh. all on you. Yeah. So I can totally understand, like, it's a pressure thing. Yes. I think it's a lot of pressure. And I think that's kind of like where I wanted to do, like, again, the podcast I started. Because for me, again, it's like just all uncomfortable. And that pressure, but you think about pressure. Ultimately, when you're under pressure, eventually it'll be released somehow. And then you think about how, like, you know, again, under pressure is how diamonds are made. So under this pressure, we're, we're changing, we're evolving. And better things are coming from it. You know, which is so, that's what I love about comedy. It's not just something that exists in your, your, you know, one component of your life. It starts to permeate all aspects. Like everything that you do in comedy has a, an effect on other components of your life. And it's just so powerful. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, it's, it gives you a great sense of community and, you know, something to like really do that makes you feel like it's, worthwhile like that's one thing that's always great about it like i'm i just got a uh, um july 18th was uh six years for me mm-hmm. so it's like it's just crazy like how time goes by fast and all the people that i've met and just like to me it's just cool to like see that transformation and i think that's like so cool to see your podcast like i see all the people it's the same thing as mine. It's like, can you imagine? Like, can you believe we know so many people? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I know. Um, so who were your, were you a big, uh, like, comedy person growing up? Like, did you watch a lot of stuff? I, I always loved um, Carol Burnett. I loved, and you're, you know, a lot younger than me. So I don't know if you knew that there's the Carol Burnett show. I love Carol Burnett. Oh my God. I love, love, love that show. Like just completely enthralled with her. Um, Tracy Ullman too. So I liked, again, a lot of the sketch comedy. I remember as a kid, like it resonating with me and like kids in the hall, like that kind of weird, silly stuff. And then in terms of like stand up, you know, I always loved watching George Carlin and just how he, you know, his views. And of course, you know, Dave Chappelle, like, the, the explosion of the Chappelle show. Um, right. Yeah. So all of that stuff was just like, those are the things I think that really are just like in my heart. Right. It's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to like look back at what you watch and then realize like, Oh, I do that. I'm able to do that now. It's yeah. like, it's crazy. <laughs> like to me, uh, I always remember that when I, first like saw do you know uh you know who maria bamford is right oh i love maria bamford love her me too. 
love her now. The first time I saw her was like a little bit before I did stand up, and I didn't get her at all. I was like, I didn't like, I didn't like her, and she was funny. And then like I remembered her name the second time, like I got off stage doing stand up, and I was like, oh, she's brilliant. She is so brilliant. I like I said, she. I love how just honest she is. And how weird and oh yeah oh my gosh yeah I'm like completely obsessed with her she is definitely one of my favorites uh, right now and I feel like she's I don't I don't understand um I feel like she's underrated like I feel like she should have such a higher level of popularity oh yeah that's a lot of things with standups is like it's surprising how niche in art form it is. Because we feel like everyone sort of knows what stand-up is through, like, Netflix and everything. But really, when you get done to it, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know anything about baseball. And people might think, like, oh, that baseball player's a huge celebrity. And it's like the same thing with comedy. It's like, you know, we know who these people are. And uh, I think she's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, her, I, I just always think, like, just the just that way of the voices and everything and how she just throws everything at stuff. Uh, do you have any other, uh, like, specific influences? Uh, I mean, we definitely, again, I would like to say, yeah, Maria Bamford, because I love her so much. Um, you know, I do also really love Michelle Wolf. Uh, you know, she, again, she right now with just how she's so biting. Like, I felt like she got so much crap for, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's her job. That's what she's doing. Like, yeah, are you, I, I think people, yeah, especially I've noticed, like, that's the one thing that I always try to be mindful of, of course, is like how different it is for women in comedy and how, like, it's a lot better now, but there's still hurdles and there's still stuff that, you know, you feel like, why are we still in, like, it feels like the 1950s sometimes. It's like, why are we so far back? It's like, you know, women can be funny and they can be great. Dweck, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times, um, you know, it's so weird. Like as women in comedy, I actually just was having this conversation with another female comic this weekend. Um, and it was, it's nice of you saying that because a lot of people will not acknowledge that it's harder for women and then you also still simultaneously do hear the dialogue that women aren't funny. So it's like, oh, bully. Right. To me, I think, like, what makes someone funny is just ex it's all the experiences that you have. There are people who, like, things happen to them and then they don't they just go about their life or they think about it, but they don't think about it in a certain way of like, okay, I can't bottle this in. I have to express it. And I think with a lot of comics, it's just like, if a, you're a comic at all, you're like, I have to say something. <laughs> it's like something happens. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to hold that in my whole life. It's like, no, I have to say this. Yeah. I feel like the, a lot of people hold a lot of things in. And I think that's what makes comedians different because we do strive to say these things. And I feel like there's something really liberating because once you say it, and I've had this conversation with people about how it's like reclaiming the power of the experience, you know, and like comedy gives you the ability to do that, you know, and it's like, you can say it. And like, especially if you're harboring something that you don't want to harbor or, 
you know, like people with traumas. It's just really interesting. Right. And it's cool to get that out and like see how it how it like resonates with other people. Like to me, it's always so funny. Like I don't have like stage fright at all. That's not it. My thing is just like I don't want to I don't want to do badly. That's that's the point. It's like you know, I'm not nervous because I'm nervous in front of the crowd. I'm nervous because I'm nervous in front of myself. It's like, yeah, I, I want to make it look good. And it's like, also, I want other people to have a good time. And it's also just figuring out, like, what you can do. This is such a, like, thing I don't want to talk about myself the whole time. It's like, you know, only now do I really feel like I like my material. Do you have that, like, does that resonate with you? Do you like Oh yeah, you now? I... Oh, it's so funny because, um, you know, I was just like listening to what you were talking about. And it's like me personally, like I do have stage fright and, you know, I'm still I feel like working on that and finding my level of comfort on stage. And also to my material, I'm, I'm, I like my material more now than I've, I have, but I still don't. It's not what I want. You know, I'm still like trying right. to work towards what I really want it to be. And I think a big part of that is feeling physically comfortable on stage. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah, like being able to like really use my body for what I wanted, use it for. That sounds, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of it is just, you know, what your, what your whole entire thing on stage is. Like, to me, I've always felt that way. Like now, I, I, I always like when I can always express that, like, to me, I go back and forth. I'm like, I'd be nice on stage. And I'm like, fine with it. Or is it and I'm like, usually laid back. But it's like, it's fun to get on stage and like, let out an angry side or let out an annoyed side. Because it's like, it also resonates with people. But also it's like, yeah, this is what you need to get off your chest. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, I definitely, I feel like that's what makes comedy hard. Cause I know for me, like, that's what I, I personally try to do in my comedy is to talk about the things that are, I want to get off my chest. And a lot of times there it's written from a place of anger or annoyance. Um, but it's like, well, that's kind of like what I want to work on. And it, it's hard because especially to those jokes, for me, are never funny straight out the gate. They take a really long time to figure out the wording and the segues and all that. But it's like you gotta, you gotta really dump a lot of crap out of your mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I have all this. You know, my mom comes to see me a whole bunch, and she's very supportive, and she likes a lot of jokes that like aren't really jokes to me yet. Like they don't have enough punchline, and like I understand why she likes them. But it's like, to me, it's like, they're not funny enough to me. And that's always the big part of it is, you know, if you ever want to get super personal in your act, it's like, on top of the vulnerability, it's like, this has to be digestible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not come off as, you know, like, to me, it's always the thing of like, I'm very self-deprecating in my head. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And people don't like that nowadays, because I think there's a lot of like, just with rap music and like roast battles and stuff, people are very much like, they like people who are more like braggadocious. And to me, I'm like, no, I'll make fun of myself. I'm silly. It's like, you know, mm. it's like a weird thing for people. 
And I, also, yeah, I love self-deprecating humor. Like, I mean, especially too, like I love Joan Rivers and, you know, I, yeah. think, I think it's fun. It's like, especially too, it's like, you need to be able to laugh at yourself to laugh at others. Oh, yeah. And it's like, nothing. once you say it, it's like, it's not serious. It's like, it's just silly right. words. Yeah. And it's always that, like, walking the line of that, I have to be like, you know, because you don't want pity. And you don't want, like, a lot of people are very too nice nowadays, too. So it's like, that's tough, too. It's like, you know, if you make fun of yourself, people are very positive nowadays. They're like, they all, and that's the only thing that I get offended by. Like, there's a lot of comedians that get, like, you know, annoyed by sensitive people, and I don't. I'm just, like, the only thing that, when that annoys me is when it's, like, when people, like, all or, like, real, like, don't, like, when I do my self-deprecating stuff, because I'm, like, it's jokes, it's funny, and also it's, like, this is setting up for when I talk about other stuff. Like, if I'm going to make fun of Kanye West, I know how, like, weird I am. I have to make fun of myself first. Yeah. And it sort of gives you that balance of, like, okay, this person's not just shitting on someone else. They can, right. you know, take it, too. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's important to do. It definitely. And I think it's important, again, yeah, for the audience. Like, I think what it is, though, I think when people do self-deprecating jokes, I think it makes people uncomfortable because then it's like, wait a second, if you're making fun of your flaws then it shines the light on people having to think about their own flaws. And some people haven't come to terms with those yet. You know, some people are still running away from their shadow selves. Oh yeah, for sure. And to me, I've always had, that's a good way to put it. Shadow selves. I like that. Oh, that's Carl Jung. um, The psychoanalysis, the father of psychoanalysis. He talks about how we have, the shadow self, which is just part of who we are. You know, we are imperfect human beings. So you have things about yourself that are negative. And once you've accepted your negative qualities, then you can fully be whole. But a lot of people don't want to embrace that, you know, so then it keeps popping up in your life. And Right. I think that's always been something that I'll have to look more into that guy because that's like, that's pretty much like what I think about a whole bunch and to me it's always been that way is like to me it's always so funny like my mom said this to me a couple years ago and it's just like has always stuck with me it's like I've had my personality and been the way that I am since I was five years old there's Mm -hmm. no changing certain things right and it's like you know that's just who you are and you have to realize like how to function throughout your life with that sort of stuff of Mm -hmm. what your personality is yeah I don't know. Extremely sensitive, so that's a big thing, and uh, even more so. That's like you know, like there's a lot of like positive stuff nowadays. It's like I feel I so I feel so envious for younger people. It's like uh, Gary Goldman has that joke about how like he envies millennials. It's like I envy Gen X kids because it's like they're so much nicer to each other. Oh my god, it is so much nicer. We yeah. I'm a Gen Xer and it was definitely very different. We were we're not we were not cut of the vein of inclusivity. And you know, it was much more doggy dog kind of yeah. you know, and I think though I mean I'm not gonna knock it though, because that was my experience. And I'm like right. I felt like for me, like all of those experiences that I had where I felt isolated or bullied or not included toughened me up. 
Right. And made me strong for the life that I had. And, you know, I appreciate it. So it's like, you know, I think back in reflection and it's like maybe had things been different, I might not have experienced the things I've had. You know, I might not have been, you know, tough enough. So, you know, I think everything is relative. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think one of my favorite quotes lately is Rumi says how the whole universe lives within you. So it's like, you know, you are your own, your own existence. And it's like, are you going to be defined by outward standards? And as much as inclusivity is a cool thing, it's also then putting the burden of um, self-worth outwardly. And you're not looking inward. You know, you really like, that's the real, you, the bottom line is who gives a shit. That's really, I like that attitude. Like, I don't give a fuck that you, oh, part of my language, Richard. No, it's fine. You can curse on I'm sorry. I have tons of people curse on Oh, okay. Oh, I feel so bad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. If Mrs. Beck is listening. <laughs> um, you know, but people need to, you know, the bottom line is you got to feel good inside. You got to feel good right. within your own self. To me, and- I always, that's the thing that I struggle with. Like, to me, I'm always like, I agree, like, in like when it comes to you know your sexuality or your gender identity that being you is important it's you know you got to be yourself but to me i'm always like walking that line of like you know i care way too much about what people think still yeah it's always been a part of that's another major part of my personality is just insecurity and wanting people to understand you and wanting people to even if they don't fully like agree with you on stuff like they at least understand you as a person that's a big thing for me it's like you know so do you think what about the 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 worrisome thing is this idea of using the word understanding because that is a a a subjective word you know so now you're you're creating this potential you know cornucopia of possibilities of you know because no one understanding now you're like again it's like I could say to you, do you understand me, Richard? And you might uh, uh, interpret things completely differently than how I'm saying it, you know? Right. So it's like you're exactly. still, you're giving the power away, you know? And especially, right. too, like, this is something else I love with the whole Carl Jung thing was how um, with your shadow self, right? What you're supposed to do is lean into people that are triggers for you. So, like, for example, if you're with somebody and they're triggered by you, um, you know what I mean? That's a right. lesson for them or vice. Like, again, if you're triggered by somebody, there's something that you're going to be learning from that. So it's like recognizing that it's like, it's not about you. You know, people aren't going to accept you because their internal worlds might be chaotic. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's such a, it's such a dangerous place to be in is like, you know, and that's what I love about comedy, too. And you know what I mean? Because you have the potential of being like, I don't care. You know, I have the microphone. I don't care if you laugh. I don't care what you like, what I say. But at the end of the day, this is my time in the arena. That's what I'm getting used to. Like, to me, it's always, you know, whenever I get, like, online negativity, whenever I post something, I, it never bothers me. Because, and like I'll say sometimes, it's like, the audience laughed, so I'm sharing it, and you know, it has five likes. If you hate it, it's like, I don't care. But, Social media is the worst. Uh, I Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's so weird, like, being, like, the age difference, too. It's like, I, I didn't grow up with it as much as people think, 
we did. Like, there was MySpace and stuff, and some people had that. But to me, I didn't get on Facebook until I was, like, 14. So it's like, you know, and to me, like, social media has only existed in my life since I was, like, 16, since, like, 2010-ish. So it's, like, the past 10 years, it's just seeing how things evolve. Like, to me, it was just, I think it's everyone it's like the me generation like or the I generation like everyone wanted like some type of fame that's why like shows like american idol existed and why there's like you know and now that's i think that has migrated to like tiktok it's like that's yep. always existed there yeah. always were people that were like they'll go on the on a reality show in the 90s same type of people that do yeah. that are <laughs> on social media yep but it's like it speaks to exactly though what we're talking about i feel like it's just the spreading of this idea of going outwardly of you know fulfilling your your egoic needs and just you know being driven by the ego and now it's become you know you know with television it grew with internet it grew when i got you beat uh, richard i did not get social media facebook i had my space right. and, and i was and I didn't, I had my space when I was like 26 right. and I canceled it after I broke up with somebody because they had the top eight and it was like really traumatic. I was like, this oh, is, and I closed right. it and then I didn't get Facebook till I was 38. So I, Facebook is horrible. I'm like, why no, do I, and I only got it for comedy and it makes me not like people that I know in person, but I don't like oh, yeah. on Facebook. I'm like, how is this happening to me? The thing that I always say is I like being on Facebook compared to other people, like to non-comedians, because that just seems terrible to me. Like, it's like, you know, their memes are not as funny. It's like, you know, it's it's like, even if we're talking about a serious, like, political thing, we're still comedians. Still, like, it's still enjoyable to, like, talk with each other. It's like, I can't imagine, like, just having to talk to, just only having, like, your aunts and uncles on <laughs> your Facebook. It's like, I have all these funny people that I can interact with. And sometimes we don't get along, and sometimes we do, and, you know, that's the cool thing, is, like, you know, figuring out, like, what you agree with on stuff, and it's like, you know, it's always that generational clutch, like, that's the, but, yeah, it's a, it's always a, it's a terrible, that's one thing that is bad about doing comedy, is the social media stuff. Oh, I hate, yeah, I do not like social media. I mean, there's some things I enjoy it, like about it, you know, yeah. um, but like, again, overall it can be like, I feel like a really dangerous hole and I worry about kids, you know, like I'm happy oh, yeah. as an adult, but I'm like, I worry like so much about the overall well-being of the youth of right. like this much collective interdependent and going back to what we're talking about inclusivity where right. is it going to leave them as independent free thinkers right you know it's i, I don't know it's important yeah i mean but who knows i guess it's how everything works you know what i mean like society changes people adapt and evolve and you know it, that's just the band plays on right i mean to me it's always been uh it's just always been that very, I love this introspective kind of talking. This is like my favorite <laughs> type of stuff. <laughs> I was actually curious. Um, did you watch uh, Bo Burnham's uh, special on Netflix? 
No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. He did like he did this whole entire special from his house in like this one room and like did it all by himself and everything. And it's like it's through the year, like twenty twenty of like during coronavirus. So he's like, you know, it's him you get to see everything. Like he has no other crew. It's just him and he's making all the like different things that everyone like that you would help have help with like lighting and different stuff and it's like it's almost like a mini like you know seeing a person like in their own dwelling like kind of thing and it's really really cool but it's also very introspective and it's like i like that when you can do that i like both of the things like i like when comedy can just be like you know you go on and there's like it's just jokes it's just performing and also i like when you can get deeper on stage yeah, I were do you, too. Were you always a performer? As a, well, I guess this is probably a silly question because of every time we talked about. But were you? Did you have this? Did you have the stage fright thing, or were you like? Did you perform any bit in like growing up? Like um, here and there, I was occasionally like, in a couple high school plays, but nothing like really big. Like I wasn't like a, one of the theater kids or the band kids or whatever. It was just like. Right little kind of silly things, but you know, I wasn't really, I'm not like, again, a performer and I have like super bad anxiety. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think like, you know, I, for a big chunk of my life was like just trying to figure out how to live with this high level of anxiety. Right. Once, once I got that wrestled under control, uh, then I was like, all right, let me try comedy. <laughs> right. And then with doing comedy, like, do you feel like, you've sort of improved on that, like on that front of like dealing with that, or is it still something that you deal with? Oh my, it's definitely way, 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 way better. Um, I still get anxiety like performing and like before I go up and then after I go up and stuff, but it's definitely gotten like so much better. Right. So. You know, just the fact that I perform comedy, I feel like that to me alone is like something I feel so excited by and feel so lucky as a, something in my life to have, you know, like it was like, okay, this was something I wanted to do. And when I was younger, I was too afraid to do it. And now I do it. So I feel like that's something really cool to take with me on life's journey. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's always, that's, a, that's always the cool thing is just seeing like, how you start from a place and like where you go like that's why I, I i love having people on like i'll have people on this podcast like multiple times and it's like because we're always improving you know if someone i know gets like a hosting gig somewhere at a club or you know or they go from you know just being like an open mic person to being you know a working comic it's like it's cool like i had a this comic Marco Sorensi on and just this month like he got on Comedy Central yeah he's great I know Marco. he's very talented but I knew that was coming like I, I had that like in my mind like he's gonna be on Comedy Central or something soon so like it's cool to scoop that person up and be like look this is like this is the guy you have to like know this person yeah and I love doing that and I love like that's the that's just, I don't know if you probably have the same thing with your podcast. It's like, it's cool to have that mix of like, these are the people that, you know, I started with 
and that aren't well known. And it's also cool to have like the people that are, you know, also like doing well. It's like always so cool to me. And the one thing that was so cool to me uh, that I've seen in this past like year with coronavirus and everything is that a lot of like most professional comedians just view everyone as comedians. Like I've just been like so grateful to hear that. And it's so nice to hear that. Like they don't view you as lesser if you're not, you know, famous like them. They're like, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. It's, I think that's exactly it. It's like essentially, you know, either you're a comedian or you're not. And a comedian is someone who stands on stage holding a microphone and tells jokes. And that's it. That's the threshold. And it's like, okay, some people, you know, okay, you get more, but the bottom line is either you're a comedian or you're not. And all you have to do is be on that stage by yourself with the microphone in your hand, willing to try and make people laugh. Right. And they recognize that. And they realize like, that's where I was. Like, that's a cool thing too. It's like always seeing that. So I love having that. Well, also too, like I was talking with people about, I guess Seinfeld, something like he wrote a whole bunch of new stuff and I guess it wouldn't, wasn't doing well. And it's like, you know, even though he has his name, it's like, you know, yeah, he can bomb. You know what I mean? Like that can happen. You know what I mean? So I think with that, it's gotta be higher stakes too. It's like, you know, you gotta, that's a huge higher stake thing of, you know, you have that fan base and that thing of like, this is what they expect you to be. And for me, that's always, uh, I've always been, uh, I'm always so envious of his ability to just write, like, <laughs> the way that he talks about it just seems impossible to me. Because, like, I don't know about you, but my process, I guess, is I have insomnia, so my jokes just come about randomly. I'll be at, like, 3 in the morning, I'll get an idea, and it's like, Eureka! And then I have to explain it to normal functioning people. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I love, like, I've done a couple of, like, writing sessions with people, and that's fun. But to me, it's like, I can't, like, sit in a room and be, like, looking at stuff and be like, oh, I'm going to write 15 lamp jokes. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, I got to think of this weird idea at night and then be like, okay, how do I explain this to normal people? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. You know, figuring the whole thing out. Right. So... Do you do that? Like, what's your like writing process, or like? Um, I try all different stuff. Uh, you know, I try to write some things that like from real stories of life experiences. Um, sometimes like it's just like I'll try to like do an exercise and be like, okay, here's a topic. Write jokes about this topic. You know what I mean? So, um, depending upon like again like what I'm looking to do, like, okay, if I want to write like a pun, or if I'm trying to write a joke about, again, something that's in the news. So, yeah. To me, that's always tough. That's one of the things that like, I don't do. It's like, I always have things of like, that I don't do certain style jokes, not because they're offensive or anything like that. It's just like, they're too easy. Or like things that like people just go for. Like, to me, I rarely do topical stuff because that's all that everyone is going to do on social media all day. It's what, you know, the Jimmy Fallon's and people like that are going to do on late night. It's like, to me, it's like every, that's got it covered. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I like to get more weirder topics and weirder things because it's like, it takes a little bit more to explain to people, but at least it's unique. 
Well, sometimes two topical things can draw people together or just something, you oh, know, yeah. like it's like, you know, it's nice to have just a variety of things in your toolkit, you know, um, and especially too, like in terms of like, like actually the art of writing jokes, you know, thinking about like, hey, if you get hired for something, like depending upon what the event is, you might have to only have topical jokes, right. you know, so it's yeah. like, you don't want to like not... I feel like, again, it's like, it's so weird because like there's the persona in comedy, but then there's the actual art of joke writing, you know? This, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's like the, the, they could be at, in duality a lot of times. And that's the one thing that like I always sort of struggle with is like, I don't play a character, but like, it's always weird because like a lot of people might think that I do or that like things are. Like, it's like, no, it's like, this is me. And it's like, I always say, like, I've been this way since I was five. I'm just, you know, a couple years older than that now. Now I'm 27, but it's still the same five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, things are a little different, taller, but <laughs> like, so that's always the thing is like, people are like, all the different stuff that, like, I have a lot of like, things that aren't comedy related that just happen in my set and stuff is like i have just with my social anxiety i have a lot of you know body ticks so like i'll be always touching my hair and stuff or fixing my glasses like people think like that's my character like i'm doing that like on purpose and it's like no that's not like a crafted thing that's just what i do that's just unintentionally. <laughs> and it's like the balance of that it's like you know and every time that i've tried to like do that uh like get on like try and make a character out of it it's failed and it's like to me it's just better to be yourself and try and hope that you know people will get it and also like you know at least it's entertaining yeah but again i think that goes back to this idea of like the vulnerability like okay if you're going to try to be yourself versus the the comfort of having the mask of a character right you know, because then you're like, oh, maybe they just didn't like this character versus, oh, no, they don't like me. <laughs> right. Oh, no. The thing about comedy that people like kind of underestimate is like you, you're not just up there as like a blank, like slate. You, you have your yourself to, for people to like. So you have to be likable. And some people are very funny and some people just aren't <laughs> likable as people. And that can be very tough as a comedian to watch. Mm-hmm. to me I'm always like whenever someone is starting out now I'm always like give them benefit of doubt I'm like I'll give them two years to get good and if they don't get good in two years then, <laughs> then I can judge them <laughs> it's like <laughs> whenever I see someone that's starting new I'm like you can't judge them yet no you should not I don't, well, I don't think even too if people have been in their journey like especially to like certain topics Oh, you know, yeah. like it it could take years for a joke to evolve out of a topic, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so like I said, it's just like comedy is something that, you know, takes a lot of time. And there's, again, a lot of subjectivity. Oh, yeah. So to me, that's a, that's a whole thing. It's just, you know, figuring out what you can do. Like, to me, one of my, I don't know, if you have this, like, to me, I have. I'm always so judgy on myself that I don't have 
like longer amount of material for the length that I've been doing comedy. But to me, I'm always like, at least like, even though I have, you know, 20 minutes or even 15 minutes of material when I should have an hour, it's like, these are what I think is like the best of 10 minutes. This is like, this 10 minutes might be shorter than what it should be for people at my level. But it's like, at least this is good. Like, I can stand behind it and be like, I'd rather have a good 10 minutes than have a 20-minute set or act that only works, like, 50% of the time. Yeah. It's like, if this works completely well, like, that's what I like about my material now. It's like, I have all this stuff now. And to me, one of the things, like, that I've been teaching myself how to do, because I'm a huge fan of it, is, uh, like, writing callbacks and adding that to my act because then it's like now I have this whole thing of like okay I can put this in like a neat thing of like now I can actually do a specific set or specific sets yeah new to me okay you go up there you're just throwing stuff at the wall and you're just like doing everything you can to to show like this is my jokes like these are all I have and then to, for me to be like, okay, now I have this chunk of material that I can do. It's very, very cool. Yeah. I think it helps with confidence levels too. When you're like, all right, I feel like, you know, when you have like something solid. Right. Yeah. So it's always that. And to me, the biggest thing now is just like with COVID and everything and shows coming back, it's like, I just need to get it on a show. That's all I need now. It's like, that's the thing like uh i went to uh texas a couple months ago uh for three days to do stand-up and it was just so cool like just to like have that place where no one knows who you are so you can do your like jokes like that you don't get to do around other comics because they've seen you it was like the introductory jokes to who you are and it was really really cool just to see that stand-up is the same everywhere have you ever performed in any different like states or anything? Um, you know, Pennsylvania and New oh, York, you know. Um I was supposed to, but COVID yeah put a damper on things. Go down south. I had a couple like things booked in like Maryland and North Carolina, but then um COVID was going on, so I was like, this is probably not a good idea to be traveling, but I'm hoping this summer to do more. So especially too, it's a great way to meet people. Oh yeah. And that was the cool thing. Like was to see like, and that was the cool thing to me with this, like, Oh, stand up is the same everywhere. Like, you know, like, you know, there's the same type of communities and, you know, even the people that I met that were like, this guy is like the most popular. It's like, they're still like super nice. It's like, Oh my God, like this guy's so humble. And it's like, to me, that was really, really cool. And yeah. to me, it was such a short time, but it was such a, like, it was a crazy, like, journey. And to me, that was a big part of independence, too. It was the first time I ever traveled alone. Because I traveled a bunch with my family, but, like, this is doing, this is all by myself. And even though I was just doing, like, open mics in one show, it's like, this could be, like, I can do this now. Now I can totally see myself. Like, that's one of my, like, everyone has different goals in comedy when they start that's the thing that i had to learn to be nicer to other people about because people have different goals in stand-up you know what i mean yes absolutely 
Yeah. So to me, I had to be like, well, not everyone wants to be a touring comic creature. Some people want to be on SNL. Some people want to be writers for a TV show. It's like, you know, not everyone wants the same thing that you do. And also, you got to be realistic to what you can do in your situation. Like, to me, I'm always like, that's a big thing that I had to learn was it's not like giving up, but it's like you just have to realize like where you are. Right. Yeah. Just seeing where your baseline is and what it wants and not comparing the experience to others. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Cause it's never jealousy. Like I never get like an anger jealousy or like where I don't like the person or I'm mad at them or something. I'm always like really happy for them, but it's like, of course you want that. You like, I think there's a, there's the thing that I always like think of. It's like, is there a way that makes this MV like not as bad? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. Um, One of my favorite comedians, she's very close with uh, Maria Bamford, uh, Jackie Cation. Uh-huh. Uh, she um, has this quote that I think is like perfect. Is like, you know, it's like you get what you get and you're not, you can't get upset. Like the amount of, the success you get is kind of what you deserve. So, like, you can't be upset about what happens. And to me, that's a big thing is, like, you know, if I get an opportunity, I'm going to go for it. But I know what's, I know what's realistic. And I think, yeah, but also, too, you want to be careful when you say, okay, you know, it's realistic. Like, it's like, well, whose version of realism? Like, again, it's like to, to find that beautiful spot where you're in your own place of what you want and not letting other people and societal expectations define it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're always going to deal with that. And I think especially in an art form like this where people have an expectation of it. People just have an expectation of what a comedian is or what a comedian does. And it can be a myriad of different things that people do. Are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear yourself. I didn't know if my internet, sometimes you know how the internet goes, wonky. Right. <laughs> you have, so you have your podcast. It's called, uh, oh, I just had it written down. Comedians Exposed. Comedians exposed. I like that. Like, you know, it sounds so. It sounds so different from what it is. Like it's a TMZ type. Thing. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, it's not. It's like uh, getting deep into stuff with comedians. I think that's always cool. Like, to me, I'm. I'm. A, I started interviewing people a year ago, and it's just like, it's so cool just to see like the amount of people who do it. And also, it's like a cool, like, almost diary of, like, this is yeah. what has happened yep. in this community. It totally and is that way, yeah. Do you feel like the community, like, is, do you like, do you think the community, do you like the community? Do you think it's, like, good? Like, just in I general? Mean, overall, yeah, absolutely, overall. You know, you there's, you know, I feel like there's good people. I've really enjoyed most of the people I've met. Um, the comedy I see, like, again, you know, there's, of course, the parts of it and par parts of the community. There's people, you know, that are 
are people I don't, I prefer not to interact with, but that's just how life is. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but I definitely love the part. That's what I've loved about doing the podcast, like you said. But um, it also, too, is kind of scary because you said how it's like a dot. Like, I feel like for me, like a podcast now, like you said, it's like a diary. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, sometimes I cringe because it's like you say these things and then you're like, oh, no, now it's commemorated. Ah, right. The world. Yuck. Yeah. And it's like, that's the one thing to be mindful of. And I'm always mindful of that with people of like, you know, what to talk about. Like, for me, like, I always want people to be comfortable with just being on here because it's like you know it's it's a big part of you know what people are comfortable talking about and to me i'm always like that's the one thing it's like if it gets there i don't shy away from it but mostly i just have my regular questions it's like i don't want to answer like ask generic questions so like that's the one reason why i listened a little bit to your podcast but not too much because i didn't want to be like asking a whole bunch of like (laughs) questions you probably get all the time about it but um so other thing that i want to talk about uh do you have any stories of like have you dealt with a lot of hecklers and people like that and bad crowds oh yeah for sure do you have any interesting stories of like a bad audience a bad audience um Or, or just something like weird that happened at a show Oh my god. Oh, I well this is kind of weird. I another comedian. I have a joke about dick pics and uh I you know, I asked the audience about if they have dick pics and uh one of the comedians on the show had a dick pic and he showed me the dick pic. So oh was, my god. Yeah, and it's like he's a pretty well-known com- comedian and uh, it was really veiny and really blue um, so that was weird right. that's <laughs> I didn't, yeah i didn't expect to actually see a dick but right oh that's, and that's just like that's that's a whole other thing of you know, that just makes me feel so like bad even though maybe it shouldn't maybe i shouldn't make but it is a thing like to me that's the one thing i'm always mindful of is like i always feel so bad when i go to an open mic and you know it's like there's seven guys and only one girl comic and it's like we're all talking about our dicks it's like this is gross guys <laughs> like Aww. how would this like how is this enjoyable for the other person in this room <laughs> i just make sure i have lots of dick jokes as well um oh yeah you well, know that's the same thing it's yeah. like a current tool. it's like as a comedian you need to have that like yeah. i have a dick pic joke now and it's a whole chunk of material that i have now and uh the main like uh point of like the main thing with the joke that makes it so funny is uh i never use it as like a way to make people uncomfortable in the crowd like when i do my crowd work with it but the main thing with the joke is i go uh this is how the joke goes it goes um does anyone here like take dick pics or send them or whatever and i'm like i think dick pics are bad like they're not good advertising because you want (laughs) to leave people wanting something more so I send just a picture of my balls. And then the way that I added to that was like, I make it look nice because, you know, balls are disgusting. It's like, I make it look nice. I make my pubic hair different styles. And that's the way that I like add to the joke is like, I just come up with different hairstyles. Yeah. So, so I'll be like, you know, it's like, uh, I'll do like dreads or like, uh, or I have like, uh, yeah. Or it'll be like, I have a red afro, like, 
Carrot Top and Little Orphan Annie and like uh-huh. you know it's like yeah. just new stuff that I can come up with for it that's the one thing that's like cool about jokes is that you can add to them well like, it works the they- same for women too because I was thinking how I have jokes about shaving you know my garden zone into special right. like I like to do a the Fu Manchu because it gives <laughs> it a Chuck Norris vibe you know which I feel is good protection right and it's always cool to have those like things like for me um that was that's just the cool thing is just to have those things that you can keep going to and writing like to me i always just to annoy my teachers because i was a creative writer in a school and the thing with that is when you're like known for writing like your teachers like that but your english teachers hate you because it's like oh i'm writing this book and then it's like oh two weeks later it's like no i'm writing different books i canceled that other one yeah it's like a lot of like re like not really sticking with stuff and to me like comedy has been great for that because it's like you can always write a new joke and it's not frowned upon to be like to be like oh you stopped writing the story yeah it's it's easier sometimes it's hard yeah i feel the same like i'm working on a book myself and it's like all the work I've done right now, I'm like, oh my God, I hate it. I don't want, I want to start all over again. And it's like, damn it. You know, it's like, it's much harder to change directions. It's like deadlines when writing is terrible, but with comedy, like to me, that's a, that's a cool thing. And that's the one thing that I hated about, uh, like with coronavirus was like, when I started coming back doing stand up, like we came back way too soon. Our uh, group of people, we came back as like three months to doing like open mics and to me the hard thing was like well we're not doing shows and we're only performing for comics so there's no like grand like show it's like with your uh i bet it's the same thing when you had your uh comedy class it's like you have that thing at the end of like this is the material that i'm going to perform and that's very hard now uh did you feel uh how did covid affect you I did not do too much comedy. I basically stayed in. Um, That was kind of how the podcast came to be because I wanted to still be doing things with my time. I did do Zoom comedy um, and some Instagram stuff, you know, so, but I tried to stay away from open mics for, you know, and any shows that I had did, like, there were more like outdoor stuff. Like, I tried to stay outdoor things so in the summer it was okay and then winter was like all right back in the house so i was in the house for you know a lot of time yeah. <laughs> covid was easy for me I, I always i never said this on stage but it's like it's always made people laugh i should say, talk about it on stage it's like i'm a very like indoorsy person like i'm i don't go out a whole lot and it's like to me i, I felt like everyone was living my life now i was like oh you guys don't like this this is my life every day yeah <laughs> People are like, how am i supposed to be inside all day it's like i do it it's great <laughs> it's great for me like uh, yeah no i like i said i'm an introvert myself um like, so I mean, I, yeah i didn't mind it <laughs> i like i don't know if i'm introverted as much as like it's just like what can you handle like to me i'm always a mix it's like my thing is like i can be in public like with people for four hours that's what i usually say is like that's my social like time it's like i can stand four hours of being around people <laughs> and then i have to go 
by myself. It's been hard, I have to say, readjusting back. I feel like my threshold, because I was, you know, by myself for a long amount of time. So now being around people, I'm like, wow, it's really energy zapping. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and it, the one thing that also was like cool about doing this, uh, what's been interesting about doing this podcast is uh, with interviewing people is I got like kind of a lot of flack, not like kind of joking, but like people were like, why do you book your stuff so like far in advance? And I realized like, that's because it goes by so fast. Like that's the one thing that I noticed with COVID is just like time goes by really freaking fast. So it's like, and also like scheduling lines too. It's like, you might think like, Oh, it's COVID. No one has anything to do. People still have their lives. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you got to do that. So like when I get people, like I have people lined up for all this month and it's like, yeah, it's like, it comes quick, you know? Yep. It does. here any day next saturday is going to be here any day it's like fast goes um, so quick so i noticed uh you do a lot of reading i try to yeah i'm gonna read as much of this show. No. <laughs> <laughs> i don't I really watch too much television i'm more of a reader huh yeah i think it makes you a good writer i always envy people that can read more it's like I like to read. I feel, yeah, it's very, like, a nice use of my time. And it must give you, like, you know, different phrases and stuff, like, to put into your language that can work yes. with your standards. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying, so, actually, yeah. trying to, I was trying to work on a bit this weekend about Edgar Allan Poe. Um, you know, I've been writing, because I, apparently, like, you know, I was just reading how, you know, he married his... 13-year-old cousin, and he was 27. Right. And it's like, just thinking about how creepy it would have been married to, like, this dude twice your age, and his poetry is weird, you know? It's creepy. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I was trying to work on a bit about that. I did get a lot of pushback, though, from certain people and certain comedians in the audience. I'm not going to name these idiots, but they were like, oh, Edgar Allan Poe's from Baltimore. I'm like, I never said he wasn't. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, it's it's so uh, it's so hard to have that where you have that material like that you want to do. And then people just do stuff like that. Like to me, I'm always thinking. And I'm guilty of it too. Like the big thing to me is like to never for most of the time, if I don't like someone's like act and stand up, it doesn't mean that I have to not like them as a person. That's a big thing to learn too. Because like I might think that person sucks, but at least if they're a nice person, I can be nice to them. Yep. And that's because your stand up is so personal to what you are. So like if you don't like someone's vibe you don't like someone's stand-up, you end up not liking their vibe as a person. And it can be very tough. Yeah. It's true. It's hard, you know, but because sometimes, too, like, people, again, have different levels of what they want to joke about. So it's like, ah. Right. It's like, why do you feel the need to talk about this? Huh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always a thing. To me, I'm always with the audience. I'm just like, I want like that's a big thing for me is I like making everyone laugh more than like being offensive 
to me, it's like, that can be fun, but to me, it's, it's like, I want everyone to have a good time. I'm not just up there for myself. I want to make, I want to entertain people and make them laugh. And it's like, that's a big thing of it. It's like, what sort of reaction do you want to get from stuff? I think that's a lot of things of like people that do that type of material that I'm always like, you can't get mad at the audience for reacting naturally to what you're saying. Yep. You can't. It's like, yeah. it's like, you can't slap someone and then be mad when they bleed. It's like, you just hit them. But you they also, though, want audiences to hear the whole joke. Because sometimes right, people are triggered by a word, That's a big and they immediately thing. shut down. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, hear the joke first. Oh, yeah. It's like, hear everything. Because people just hear something, and then it just gets, like, into them. And to me, that's always a hard thing. Because... Like, it's like going back to that understanding thing of, like, you never want... That's a hard thing with stand-up, because you never want things to come off the wrong way, because it's so, like, crucial to what you're talking about, to be completely, like, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, I have this new thing that I want to talk about on stage, and I don't know, like, if it's going to work or not, but I'm excited for it. It's, uh... It's basically like that you can stereotype like just white people. Like the thing to me that's like oh, that there was a I don't know if you heard about it, but there was like this big thing on Twitter because uh, you know the actor Matt Damon. Yep, he's from Massachusetts, so yeah. uh, he's a Gen X guy from Massachusetts. So he said uh, recently that his daughter, I think she's like, I don't know if she's a teenager. I don't know how his daughter. Oh, I heard is. this. Yes, but she taught him like not to say fag anymore idiot and it's like people were like freaking out like it's 2021 and he was still saying fag it's like he's a gen x dude from massachusetts what did you expect yeah of course you know it's like if i see like you know like someone defending the confederate flag i'm like they're probably from the south and then you look at their facebook page and yep they're from the south it's yeah. like you know it's like no, especially like again, like yeah, because he's like saying how much he used it as part of again growing up our vernacular. Like that was just every, it was like one of those things like people toss that word around, you know, I'm like, and not I even think he thinking. Said- he got me mad though in that I read that story. I was super annoyed because yeah. he said some sort of bullshit about how he's like talked later on about Harvey Weinstein and he's like as a father of four daughters I'm horrified and I'm like motherfucker you should be horrified because it's Harvey fucking Weinstein having daughters have nothing to do with you being horrified about sexual assault I was like really triggered yeah (laughs) well yeah that's a huge that's a huge issue too it's just and that's a big thing for me is uh always wanting to avoid that sort of thing. I think we're better at policing it now. I'm not saying that it, that it's, you know, 100% perfect. I'm sure in some communities it's terrible, but just what I've noticed in our community is it's like people are uh, a lot nicer with that. I haven't... Have you... I guess I don't know if this is too like dark or personal question, but have, have people been genuinely good? Because you're around a lot of male comics. I've seen, you know, you interview a lot of you know, comics too. Have you felt like safe around the general community in New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, I definitely think though there's moments uh, as a woman, 
you know, and it's very obvious, like, you know, like if you reject someone and then they stop talking to you, you know, you deal with that shit as a woman, which is really annoying. Um, and you know what I mean? Just like, again, seeing a dude bringing up dick pic or seeing guys dicks, like, okay, we're going to do this. Like in normal world, like to me, that's very strange, but in comedy world, like, okay, I, you know, I feel like my threshold right. is a little bit different and I'm, you know, a little bit more tolerant of the bullshit, but. Right. I think that's a major problem too that happens is once you're in, you're kind of expected to take whatever shit you can take. Like, to me, I'm the big thing that I always deal with is I like being roasted by comedians, like being made fun of. And for a big part of it, it's surprising to people that I like to me, like roasted and made fun of. But to me, it's like it's different from when I was younger and non-funny people were doing it. The analogy I always use is like just because you like to box doesn't mean you want people in the random street to come up and hit you. Yeah. It's like, that's the same way I feel about roasting. But sometimes there is that period of like, you don't know a comedian yet, or you haven't met them and they instantly start making fun of you. And it's like, we don't have that relationship yet. Yes. Like, like that's a big thing. Like I, uh, and I still get over that, <laughs> you know? And then to me, I'm always like, I'm always regretting. Like if I don't get along with someone, I always usually regret it. Like, uh, and it's funny too, like for people like uh do you know what no filter Paul? Yes. Yeah. It's like we go along now, like a little bit better, but we I still don't like him and it's it's like bothers him, I think. <laughs> it's like it's like, dude, how are we ever gonna get along? Like look at you and let me <laughs> Yeah. No, he could be, uh, you know, he's kind of, especially his comedy, too. I think he kind of, right. like, wants to be provocative. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like, to me, I, I'm always so, I shouldn't talk shit about him. It's just like, it's just funny. It's like, he'll be, like, one of the buddy-buddy, and it's like, dude, it's like, I'm fine with, like, being cool with you, but it's like, I just can't be one of those people that's, like, close friends with you, because it's, you know, we're not going to go along in that way. Yeah. Um, you're 50 or whatever, and I'm 27. It's like we have different worldviews, and we're just not gonna <laughs> get along. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I can be nice to you, and I don't have to be shitty to you because of your, I don't like your material, but it's like, you know, that's a big thing. And that's a big thing for me, too, is just realizing, like I said that earlier, it's just like, that's the thing that I had to learn was just because you don't like someone's material doesn't mean you can't like them as a person. And the thing that's tough for me is like, I'll think someone doesn't like me, or I'll be like, mad that I don't get along with a person because they're, I love their material. Yeah. And I love them on stage. And then I'm like, oh, stage are such a dick, but when they're on stage, they're so great. <laughs> <laughs> you ever have that? <laughs> when I'm on stage? Where you, like, you know, where you, like, notice, like, comedians, like, that you like on stage, but then off stage, you're like, you don't get along with them. Uh, oh, let me think. I'm sure, um, you don't have to name names. I'm just I don't know. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I feel like I'm so, like, trans. Like, I feel like if I don't like you personally, I can't like your comedy. Yeah. Like, if I know you and we have a negative interaction, like, you might have a funny joke, but, like, I, I'm a, you know, I'm going to hold a bit, a grudge a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to like your shit. 
Right. Because you got a stank attitude. That can be tough. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um. So, um, I think it's very important to like be nice and polite, you know. Oh, yeah. Because I can't stand certain people when they walk around with certain attitudes. So, and for me, the big thing that I learned is like, also you can't, you can't do it to want anything. Like, that's a big thing for me. Is like whenever I see newer comics that are starting out, the advice that I give, besides you know, write every day and you know, write as much as you can, perform as much as you can is I say, get the words like network and networking out of your vocabulary and just find cool people to do cool things with. Yeah. And that's the big part of it. It's just, you you have to be genuine, you know? That's how it works to get along with people is like, and also you sometimes have to make a conscious effort. Like that's the one thing I had to get better at was uh, last year, or I guess like technically two years ago, uh, I had this roast of myself and part of the reason was it was because well one person did it and then I was like I want one but the second reason was like I was a terrible hang I was not like being a good like social person with comedians that I should have been like it's like well you got to hang around yeah it's like you got to be a part of the community like I know that's a big part of it yep and it's like you know, you don't need to be insanely popular, but at least you need to be, like, at least approachable. Yes. You want to be able to, exactly, like, have a conversation and let people know, I guess, you're reliable as well, you know? Yeah. So, uh, what's your uh, social media stuff? Um, On Instagram and, you know, Facebook. You can find me under Deanna Kobe, and my Instagram handle is Pandora's Mouth. I've been doing TikToks too, which are so weird. I can't figure it out. It's like oh no, I I don't do TikTok properly. I put my stand-up on there, and the only reason I do that is because it gets more views than it does on YouTube, and it's like it's better. Yeah, like it gets better views. That's the only reason I do it. But I can't do sketch comedy. I'm terrible at that, so that's tough for me to do. Yeah, TikTok is weird. It's super fun, like, to watch. But like I said, I haven't quite cracked the nut. And plus, too, I feel like it takes up a lot of time, like, to have all these alternative, like, okay, you're going to write jokes on Twitter. You're going to do jokes on TikTok. Like, it's like, oh, right. like, yeah. And then it's like, I, I guess some people are much better at streamlining it all right into their stand-up on stage, but I haven't figured that out. Right. I always feel like I should be funnier on Twitter. I'm not fine. <laughs> it's hard. Twitter is so, Twitter makes me stressed. Yeah. The one tip I always have about Twitter is like, there's different areas, like there's different areas of Twitter. So like, you can't stay in the same area all the time. Like right. the reason people are unhappy on Twitter is like, all you do is follow politics and news all day. Follow an interest that you have. <laughs> and then that'll make your, you know, what you see like better. It's like the same thing with Facebook. It's like, if you're following the same shitty people all the time, yeah, you're just going to be upset. So stop following them and like what you like. It's like, you're not going to watch TV and watch a TV show or read a book that you hate. You're right. going to look at something else on the shelf and be like, I'm going to read this or I'm going to watch this. Like, you can choose. Yep. <laughs> you have freedom. So, the freedoms. That's the other 
question that I just asked is the social media like stuff and everything. Um, thank you so much for uh, doing this. No, you're welcome. Thanks so much. Uh, it was really great to talk with you. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Like, I can't wait to see you again soon. I know, I know. I was like, I got to make a, my way down to you guys. I like that nip tuck. I thought that was a fun mic. Yeah, we're outside now, so it's a little bit better. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, it's a good day for it, too, today. Yeah. Um, so you mostly do stuff in, like, close to Jersey City, right? Yeah, I've been trying to, to go into the city more, which is nice. So doing stuff in Brooklyn, which has been fun. And you mentioned doing, uh, like, Philadelphia, too? Yeah, I had a show there a couple weeks ago. There's this woman who I know, she produces shows. She's so sweet, and she's been really supportive. It's just, And that's, like, what I love about comedy, again, is, the, like, going back to the communities, the people you meet. You know, like, just from randomly meeting this lady, and she's really nice and supportive about my comedy. It feels so wonderful. It's, like, such a great way to, like, develop human connections. Right. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Have, this is kind of awesome. Have you ever wanted to... You said you were writing a book, right? Yeah. What's it about? Um, so basically, it's just like about all the jobs I've had. I've had a lot of different jobs. So it's like stories of, you know, different places. Like, you know, I sold vacations over the telephone. Um, you know, being a nanny teaching and all this stuff. And what it is, is I'm working with a friend of mine who's a professor of anthropology. And we're trying to, you know, talk about the evolution of the economy and what, you know, the, the wage working system does to people. So it's like looking at economics from a very personal perspective of, through storytelling. Oh, yeah. That's a big thing. Is that, <laughs> yeah. That's always a thing, too. Like, you know, you want to balance doing stand-up for it. It's like, that's the major thing. Is like, your life doesn't just stop. Like, that's the one thing I would say to people when they start. It's like, don't quit your day job. It's like, this is no. going to take a while. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, again, you got to think about stand-up as like a long game and something. Yeah, that, and you can't think, again, in my opinion, I feel like you have to look at it like, what does it cultivate in your personal life? You know, if I was fixated solely on like this, this idea of what success is based upon, again, being paid a certain amount of money or performing at a certain venue, like it's like, it's nice to have goals, but then it's like, what, how much of it could potentially take away from just the moment of every, you know, what everything brings, right. you know? Like, for me, I always, I'm always very, like, honest about it with people. I'm like, I've made about $50 in total of doing stand-up in six years. <laughs> so, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it takes a while, and it always does. Mm -hmm. And it just depends, like, what you put into it. It's always that and what you can do. But yeah. to me, I'm, I'm really happy with the place I'm at now because I'm just uh, – working again but it's uh it's always great uh um i'm trying to figure out what else i, <laughs> I think we're done 
<laughs> we went longer than I usually do. Oh, okay. I usually do an hour, but uh, thank you so much for giving me more of your time. Oh, no, no, yeah, no problem. It was great to talk with you. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You okay. Do well, okay? Have a nice week. Yeah, you too, Richard. All right. Bye. Bye.